Hello, and welcome to episode 245 of The Modern Manager. I'm your host, Mamie Canfor-Stewart. A warm welcome to Brenda F. to The Modern Manager community, and a warm welcome to you for joining me today. Whether you're a longtime listener or this is your very first episode, I want to say thank you for spending the next half hour or so investing in yourself and your team. You probably don't get to hear it often enough. So thank you for doing what it is that you are doing to improve yourself as a team leader and foster a healthy team environment. Now, today's guest is Dave Gloss. Dave is the head of team effectiveness at AIR Consulting, leading a global practice dedicated to building high-performing and inclusive company cultures. As an expert team consultant, Dave has worked with hundreds of senior leadership teams to assess their companies and identify the root causes of underperformance and low engagement. And as such, he is the go-to partner when you need to integrate cultures following complex mergers and acquisitions, design thriving hybrid workplaces, and cascade new ways of working across your teams. So as you might guess, Dave and I talk about team effectiveness, what it is, the components of what makes for strong team performance, how you can use operating principles to help your team more quickly adopt better behaviors, and so much more. Now here's the conversation. You're listening to The Modern Manager, a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rock star boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. Thank you so much for joining me today, Dave. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. We're going to talk about team effectiveness. And I actually don't think we've checked checked in on this before, or I don't know if I've even shared this with my audience before, but there was a phase of my life where I was a team effectiveness consultant. So I, I feel like I'm going to like I'm going to geek out with you on this and I'm going to learn a lot. Oh, I'm, I'm so ready. <laughs> All right. So let's just start very high level or maybe very like laying the groundwork of what is team effectiveness? How do you define team effectiveness? Yeah, and I, I, I'm glad we're starting with this because the definition is the part that <laughs> trips people a lot of a lot of people up. And I think it really comes to how we we really ground to it. So I don't know if anybody out there practices yoga or meditation or anything like that, but it's it's a practice, right? It's not a perfect, right? It's something that we we put our time, effort in getting better and learning and getting stronger at and, and, and habitualizing. And that's really what I think team effectiveness is. It's not team building, though team building is a major part of it. Like you need those connections. You need that time either in space or virtually to connect as humans and learn about each other. But the effectiveness is really Really the the maintenance, the reinforcement, the the mindset, and the the practice of investing in how this team operates, why we exist, and are we are we staying on the right course, and are we do we have the right behaviors to keep ourselves connected as people, but also getting the great work done. So it's the practice of the lived experience of teaming. I, I love that, like at, at the kind of highest level. And it still feels like very elusive. Can you say more about the components that you're looking at when you think about team effectiveness overall? Yeah. So when you think about the components of team effectiveness, it has to de- it has to really think about why we exist, 
what is our purpose as a team? How often has a team really sat down and done that? Can it clarify that? And, and we really, in our work and the experience of them with teams, like we'll get together, we'll be hired, we'll come in for a day or, or a couple. And, and the first time we're asked to come in, it's like, we have a strat, we have a strategic planning retreat coming up. Can you come in and help facilitate it? Like do some connections and some team building exercises. And we really push back on that because Team effectiveness is not an event, but it does require some grounding that events can help with. So the components that we really encourage folks to get clear on is what's our charter? Why do we exist? What's our purpose? And I'm not talking about the purpose of the organization, right? Like we can all talk about the mission and and vision of an org and, and, and what we're delivering. If we say it's a pharma company in terms of driving results for clients, and if it's a division within pharma, let's say it's manufacturing in terms of the efficiency of, of what they're producing. But what's the responsibility of this team? What's the purpose of the team that's leading that work? And sometimes it gets mixed up in, in those outputs, right? Sometimes in our work, we'll have a team. I was just on a retreat last week with an oncology leadership team at a large pharma group. And we asked them, like, what's your what's your purpose? Why do you exist? And we're like, to, to execute the strategy of the group. And I challenged, and I, and I asking them, what's really important here is not necessarily about executing the strategy. That's what you do when you leave this team and you go back to your respective groups. But the purpose of this team is to set the strategy. And when you can get really clear on and, and deliberate about refining that purpose, getting granular and keeping it for when this team gets together, that helps significantly in eliminating a lot of the challenges, conflicts, helping really be more effective as operating as a team and what they need to stay focused on when they get together. What are the most common issues or or needs that they'll pull on them versus getting distracted by so many of the other things that could come up in terms of driving towards end results for the company? Yeah, that upfront alignment and, and clarity that can come from having the conversation about why do we actually exist, what is our charge, is so important because it sets the stage for everything else that comes after, right? All the rest of the team's work, how they do their work, what work they do, what their processes are, et cetera. Yeah. And, and I think really getting to the nitty gritty of it, it really comes down to how you unpack all of that because that's really the output you know, the chartering, like, why do we exist? How do we want to operate? Who are the stakeholders we're responsible for? Part of it, the the other piece of it is really going through rigorous assessment. And this is the part that I think many organizations and teams think are nice to have, but we think are absolutely critical. In our work at, at, at AIR, the part that we really ground to in our name is our method of driving sustained behavior change over time. Like teams need to recognize it's a journey that we're going to go through. And the A is assessment, because if you can understand who we are as a team right now, what are our component parts? So looking at not only on the aggregate of how strong is our culture or how high are our levels of productivity, but you know, really getting granular and asking questions that challenge elements of alignment of how well this team learns and adapts. What's the level of cohesion or connection or sense of belonging within the group? The levels of trust and safety. We think about Amy Edmondson's work and research and the Aristotle Project and others. We know that this is out there, but can teams actually assess um, their levels of trust and safety and their ability to have meaningful dialogue and, and their ability to execute? And that goes even further that going into the individuals on the team, right? Like what personality assessments and data do we gather? Right. Is there a challenge within the team? I'll, I'll talk this one construction group that I, I worked with, a half a, a billion dollar engineering and construction organization, family owned, 100 years old, 
doing really well growing, but they came to us. The real challenge that came to us was like, hey, like we're really trying to innovate and disrupt this industry. They're moving to offsite modular building, taking pipe fitters out of the field and moving them into learning how to do AutoCAD, like just major disruptive change across the board in terms of how they're leading and, and doing this work. But, you know, they're having challenge leading the change right? And cascading, speaking with one voice, being able to get people on board with, with all of it. And when we did the assessment, we realized, okay, within this group, you have a lot of people with a penchant for action and you have an imbalance, like a, a real blind spot and void of, of people who naturally come to thinking through processes and the details of it, right? So just by having that knowledge, it takes some of the challenges that this team keeps like kind of blaming each other when things aren't working or they're missing deadlines or not holding themselves accountable to the decisions they made previously because they keep just moving forward. It made it because of the data. It gave them a chance to have a conversation and be like, wait a minute, how do we want to actually organize ourselves? What are the principles we want to put in place in terms of how we have conversations so we don't just quickly move through things and put new things into action and and just go ahead. And when we had our chartering exercise, we ended up moving into, we had the insight, which is the next part of the AIR method, which is assessment insight. We, we had that insight about ourselves. We saw how that showed up in terms of how quickly we move through decision-making and how that was impacting the system. It then shows us what to then implement. Like, what do we need to do to change? And one thing that they came up with, which I thought was brilliant, which was just a simple code word that they can use to pause themselves and and to be able to say like hold on have we painted this done that's that's the 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 operating principle that that they came up with as part of their charter to help account for this penchant for action which was have we painted it done and anybody at any point in a conversation can raise their hand and and pause the conversation and say how have we painted this done and it's a shorthand for them to look at the elements of change management of like, do we have the story we're going to leave this meeting with to share with our respective teams? Do we have we invited all the voices to this table? Because we don't usually do that, right? That might have a vested interest in this. And that type of work is so powerful because they can start to monitor themselves over time to see how well they're actually adopting that new practice and behavior as a group. Oh my gosh, you just said so many, so many things I want to keep like lifting up and pulling threads on. All right. So first is starting with an assessment to really understand where your current team is at across these different dimensions. Because we and we as individuals have our own experience of that, but so often the experience is not always shared across the board. And so some people may feel like I have such clarity on what we're doing and other people may feel like I have no idea what this team is about. And some people may feel true sense of belonging and other feel people feel really disconnected. So getting everyone to share where they see the team at across these different dimensions is so helpful as a starting point. And then understanding who these people are, because I, I mean, just the idea that, wow, we're running into the same problems because our natural inclinations of this set of people is to work in one way. And that's actually doing us a disservice here. It's And it's not some crazy thing we have to can't fix. It's actually just understanding ourselves better. And so like, I, I'm so excited about all these different ways that we can assess our team collectively and ourselves individually and bring all that together to generate some insights that can then have real action. So I just want to like lift that up as awesome. 
Now I want to turn for a second to this idea of the shorthand of, have we painted this done? This is one of the things I love about working with teams is taking something that seems like, oh my gosh, it's a huge problem that we aren't doing the right planning and we're not getting the right people in the room and turning it into something that is so simple of all we actually have to do is have a little code word that also serves to bind us together in our culture. And that little code word has huge exponential impact in helping us work differently. And boiling something down that feels really, really big into something that is feels really, really manageable is incredible. So I just want to like lift those two things up. Yeah. Operating principles are what we, we how we call these. It, it, it allows, like, I love how you describe that. It just makes things accessible. It makes big change or things that felt entrenched in terms of behaviors or that's just how Jack app operates, right? That's just who that person is. And it makes it, it makes it something that we can actually work through and, and, and build and build on, right? Like my favorite oper- operating principles help teams have the difficult, crunchy conversations, Right. Like we do a lot. We lo- I love the Brene Brown's work and we talk about like the rumble technique, which is a shorthand for how you can feel like, hey, I want to get into something. You might not like what I'm going to get into, but because I'm letting you know and signaling <laughs> like I'm getting into something now, like it gives you the chance on the other side to to shift your how you hear. Right. Sometimes uh, my wife will have a she'll be sharing something with me and I have to pause and be like, are these venting ears or fix it ears I have on right now? And even that, that's like our own code word, our own language that we can use to make sure that I'm checking in and giving her what she needs. But when you use a technique like the rumble or paint it done, or we do a, a, a great one that I love to give people the chance to break up or, or to speak up if they feel like they, there's either a really dominant leader voice in the room or things is the notion of voice the voice that's in my head. Like that one just says like, Hey, I just like something's in here. I just want to put it out there. It doesn't mean we need to do anything about it, but I feel like I need to introduce it. Just having some of these principles creates a new energy in the space. It disrupts and breaks up old ways of working. And in the beginning, they feel uncomfortable and weird and people giggle at them almost kind of like, okay, yeah, I'm going to voice the voice. But in time, they become such powerful and pivotal behaviors of teams to get through some of the BS that would normally hinder their ability to make really meaningful decisions or 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 keep them keeping them focused on the things that matter because of just not being able to get to the core of it, right? Not being able to de- to be able to decide what are we solving for right now? Like how many conversations have you been in where the team, like the whole hour is taken up by trying to solve something that went on nine different tangents along the way and nobody could course correct to get back to what mattered because nobody felt safe to challenge and be like, hold on, what are we actually talking about? Like I personally was in a leadership t- team meeting a couple of years ago, where we spent an hour talking about what sweatshirt we were going to get for our team offsite. And I'm like, honestly, I wanted to say, do we need to be spending time on this? I need to voice the voice in my head about this. And nobody said it. But then later, we all commented how we all wanted to say it. We just didn't have a way to do it. Oh my gosh, I, I I had such a similar experience with with a team, and it happens to be in the Jewish community. And our term that we landed on was, "Are we making Pesach?" Which means, like, are you making something more complicated than it needs to be? And mm-hmm. we use that all the time now when I'm working with that team to be able to say, like, 
Are we making Pesach right now? Are we just making this more complicated? Is there a simpler approach to this? Or can we just call it done and like not try to overcomplicate things? And it it is so helpful to have those shorthands because it does take the pressure off and it makes it more lighthearted. And everybody knows what you're saying. And in an instant, it totally shifts the energy and the dynamic and the feel in the room. So yes. Okay. I want to go back to... I'm looking at the sample report that you sent for the team effectiveness assessment, and it's so clear. And the way that you have structured it, Air, that team productivity plus team culture equals team performance. And I I know we just kind of walked through a lot of the concepts here, but I'm wondering if you can just speak for a second about these two components of productivity and team culture and why you really need them both to get team performance. Yeah. Yeah. We, we kind of geeked out here for the first part. It's almost like, I'm glad you're bringing it back to the simplicity of it. No matter where you are and, and anything you've done in your life, you've been on a team where you felt like you you belonged, that you're getting good stuff done, and it allowed you to, to really perform, to excel. And some of us have varied experience with that. But the, when we did our research on the models, we looked at the last 70 years of research on how groups and teams operate, and even went back and did some evolutionary leadership research, like thinking about the tribal bands, right? We used to walk around in bands of no more than like 100 to 200, and, and leadership and how we organized ourselves was very about driving for survival and safety and things like that. And when we saw like all of the research and how things are, are are deployed today, there's lots of other models that are out there, but they're kind of complicated, right? And they require so much support from external consultants and such that they have to happen like kind of to you, you need to be explained or walked through. And we thought that was kind of challenging for the way the world actually works today. Like we're all very capable, very accessible. We can quickly adapt and integrate things, but we do need to have a sense of ownership of it. And team culture and team productivity equal team performance was just very simple. And under each of them, like you're only looking to see on culture, like, do we have a, a sense of trust and safety within this group? Do I feel like we belong? Do we have the means to have difficult conversations? Right. And we're not talking about the culture in the sense of going out to happy hour. Like these are the, the, the conditions, the ingredients that ensure a team can really a, a, a achieve extraordinary results. And then on the productivity side, which you would take for granted is sort of like just getting things done. We break it down into alignment. Do we have a shared understanding of purpose, priorities, and plans? And I think that's really important because language is important. And we designed the model in a way that like, once you hear it and you start to integrate it, like you can use it and carry it with you on this team to other teams. But think about it. Like how many times have you been in a conversation with someone and say like, oh, I feel aligned. You mean like the purpose, the priority, the plan. And they mean, and they say we're aligned and they mean, oh, it's a good idea right? Like two very different definitions of alignment happening at the same time. So being able to make sure that you have clarity around what does that mean for you and having it kind of owned is, is super important. Because that also then informs the next part about how we execute and then how well we learn and adapt. And, and on learning and adapting, it's another component of the productivity side that we measure that it's the capacity to overcome and adapt to obstacles. A lot of teams do postmortems, right? A lot of teams will reflect, but do they have the capacity to adapt 
and overcome them, not just reflect on them. And that's an important nuance and distinction that we challenge and we measure in, in the survey that goes even deeper. Each of those components has about six items that we go deep into in terms of asking questions like, does the team more frequently attack the symptoms or do they discuss the root causes of challenges, right? How well do we think we do that? And you'll be surprised how varied the responses are that a team can see like on different ends of the spectrum. You know, some people think we do it really well. Some people think that we don't, right? Like, and it's such a subtle element of it that require, like that could be, if we spent a whole day just helping a team dig into what causes that disparity, you know, you'll see 10, 15% jumps in overall performance by that team within like three weeks, because you can get to the root cause of the issues that are getting in the way of the team. So we try and keep the model really simple just so you can plot yourself and be able to say like, okay, here's where we all are. How do we all see the world in the same place? Yeah, I love the simplicity. And I think it it also just from a, like anyone can look at this and go, oh yeah, it makes sense. Like how we do our work, like how efficiently we have our work processes and know what we're supposed to be doing and how we relate to each other, those two things ultimately impact team performance. We could be highly productive, but if we have really bad relationships, if we don't trust each other and can't work through conflict, then like we're going to be limited in how much we can achieve and vice versa. We could have amazing dynamic relationships, lots of trust and psychological safety, but have no clue and alignment on what it is that we're trying to do. And so we just spin our wheels and have low performance. So it really does make sense just to to think about these two components as being both equal and necessary to having high performance. And then to break them down into these very simple components of team productivity and team culture that you outlined. And I mean, I, even I just said like, and team relationships. And I actually like that team relationships isn't in here. And it's something we mm-hmm. talk about as managers all the time. You have to build relationships. You have to foster relationships. But actually, it's not the relationships. It's what those relationships create, right? That the environment for openness, the the trust, the sense of belonging, the ability to work through conflict, that's ultimately what you're going for. And fostering relationships on its own isn't enough. It's actually in service of these other things. So being clear about why am I trying to build relationships with or among my team? It's because I'm aiming for these particular dimensions of team culture. Like even that is so helpful to think about when we're planning happy hours or checking in with our colleagues about how are your kids doing? Are they feeling better? I'm so glad you you called that out because it's a, it's a place to orient, right? That's all that this is about is like, are we orienting to the right things? Are we managing to the right things? Like, again, we've all been on teams or I, I'm guilty of it, right? In my, in my life, being able to, to emulate those that have come before me and like, oh, they threw happy hours. I guess that's how you build culture, right? Like it, it, it's a, it's an easy way, but once you kind of get into the root of it, which is like, why are we doing it? Right. There's a, a model that I use a lot for my own self planning. Is I, I, a great teacher and manager kind of shared this with me. I uh, that was basically like goal, strategy, tactics, metrics. We spend a lot of time in the like the strategy and tactics, maybe even more so in the tactics. We're like, let's throw a happy hour. Like that's a tactic, right? But what's your goal? Is your goal to really help this team get more aligned and to build greater trust? Well, that might change the, your strategy and how how like how you might go about it, and ultimately how you're measuring it versus just starting right at that like simple tactical level. 
so important to like level it up and pull up and say, what are we trying to accomplish? All right. If you were a team and you're like, oh my gosh, I wish I could have this assessment. By the way, you probably can. <laughs> you can anyone can work with air, which is like the cool, amazing thing. But let's just say that this is you're not going to be able to do this assessment with your team, at least not right now. Do you have any suggestions for what managers can do to try to get a sense of where their team is along the productivity dimensions and along the culture dimensions? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. And and you can take the you can get the survey now. And we'll I'll share some of that towards the end in terms of how to get access to that, either to be certified on how to administer it, but also how to, to get one for, for you or your team. But it's a lot of the conversations that we have with with team leaders in particular, with the managers of these teams, we'll ask very simple things around like how do your meetings operate? And I love like your your book you put out a couple of years ago in terms of meeting management. It's a it's a very, very near and dear part of my my heart. But it's around strong culture and high levels of productivity. And you can kind of anchor to meetings as a way to go about that. You can also anchor to how frequently your teams are getting together. So I'll give an example here. So when you look at the in the in the instrument in the assessment, you can measure yourself again along the the scales of culture and productivity. And we do a two by two grid, a strong culture, high levels of productivity is a high performing team, a strong culture, low levels of productivity is a comfortable team. So for example, like ask yourself at the end of meetings, is everybody excited? Things are, are moving well. You really like who you've worked with. If it was a, it felt good, but do you always ask yourself like who has the ball and when does it do? <laughs> That's a pretty good indicator. You might be on a comfortable team. On the flip side, if you have high levels of productivity and, and low levels of culture, you're you might be on a team where like you're crushing it. Everybody's hitting their goals and moving forward. But if I went to any one of your team members and offered them a higher salary to join another company, might they just jump because of that? There's nothing else keeping them there. Are you experiencing high levels of turnover and burnout? Like there, there's where you're going to be able to assess how well your team is is connected, how much they feel like they can actually have a meaningful conversation. Leaders, like how often do people come to you unsolicited? And if they are coming to you unsolicited to share ideas, is it back channeling? Are we getting lots of texts and messages in 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 Teams or Zoom or Slack while a meeting is happening about the person who's presenting? Right? Like how often are we dealing with that and having to be the the mom of the team or the the therapist of the team versus the leader of the team? That might be an indication that like you might be overly focused on productivity in your culture might need some some attending. And even for high performing teams, right, to get a sense of how like strong and your culture and high le- levels of productivity. And this is where I think the biggest team, the, the, the best work in a team effectiveness are with teams that are already performing at a high level. The easiest stuff are trying to help build stronger cultures and sustainable levels of productivity. But when you're already feel like you're firing on all cylinders, you're engaged, you're loving each other, you're getting things done. The real question is how do you sustain it? Right. Like, so ask yourself, how do you onboard new team members? Not do you have onboarding, right? Yes, everybody's got some version of an onboarding, I, I hope. But at the, at the very least, like, how do they plug into the shorthand of the team? How quickly do they get, pl- get, get connected? Like, do you start to see in group, out groups forming between more tenured people or different functional areas? If you start to see some of that occurring, you might be at risk of either your productivity dropping or your culture dropping because it's not set up to sustain it. Like they, there isn't, there aren't a clear purpose, a clear set of operating principles and shorthand that people can learn to quickly plug into this engine that you built. 
Oh my gosh. I mean, it's this like sustainability of high performance is so important. Every time we have a person join or a person leave, right, our team goes through like an upheaval and it's our job to ensure that we have the right processes in place, that we're doing all the things that we can do as a manager to bring that new person in or to help the team adapt once somebody has left. Like there are so many moments that can impact the team in like a way of an earthquake. And we need to Mm -hmm. be able to ensure that we have built the foundation strong enough that it can withstand those kinds of impacts. So I I completely agree that this is not something that you just, you get to it once and you're good to go, right? It takes long-term fostering and cultivation. Practice. Yes, and practice. Going back to exactly where we started, that this is a practice. It is a habit. It is not something that is one and done. All right. Well, on that note, we have to wrap up. So you mentioned how everyone can take the assessment. So can you tell us where can we find the assessment? Where can we learn more about AIR and and keep up with all the work that you guys are doing? Yeah. So you can go to airconsulting.com. We have, you can check out the team effectiveness page on there. We have certifications coming up. So if you are interested in learning how to administer this as a leader or an HR partner within your organization, you can come up and take that certification when the next one's in April. You can also request the survey to be administered for you. So if you are a a team leader or a team that's interested in learning more about where are we on the levels of of culture and productivity? Like how high performing can we be? It's uh, $400 to take that, which we'll be offering a 50% discount through Modern Manager. So, you know, anything that you can do to to kind of plug in and learn. There's we got white papers, all the stuff that you can do. And you can also find me on LinkedIn. I'm super accessible. I, I love I love geeking out like this. Like I would love to have a conversation like this with you about your team to help just point you in the right direction, whether it's with air or or any number of great resources out there just to help you really unlock the extraordinary in, in your team. Thank you so, so much. This is such a fun conversation. I I love this topic and I'm just really, really glad that we got a chance to chat today. Likewise. Thank you for having me. Dave and the team at AIR are providing 50% off their assessment and the certification, as Dave mentioned, and this is available only to members of the Modern Manager community at the patron level, which includes Skills Accelerator participants. To become a member and get the discount and many more special guest offers, go to themodernmanager.com slash join. All the links are in the show notes and they can be delivered to your inbox when you subscribe to my newsletter. Find that at themodernmanager.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Meetings are one of the most critical components of healthy collaboration and teams are at the heart of how we work. Meteor helps you use your time in meetings productively build healthy relationships with your colleagues, and move work forward. To learn how we do it, visit Meteor.com. That's M-E-E-T-E-O-R.com. You've been listening to The Modern Manager. You're already becoming a rock star boss of a thriving team. I can tell. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player and join the mailing list at MamieKS.com slash podcast. That's M-A-M-I-E-K-S dot com slash podcast to get show notes and other special content delivered directly to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.